welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, what is up to my Goalie Hacks community? And welcome to the 52-week anniversary of the show. The Goalie Axe Podcast, and yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, the one-year anniversary of the show is upon us, and what a year it's been filled with ups and downs across the board for sure, but I just want to say, you know, I've been super grateful for, you know, this opportunity to produce this show and, and connect with so many uh, amazing and great minds, not just like the guests we have on today, but everyone prior who's been willing to spend some time out of their day to come on to, you know, this program and share free value with everyone listening. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure connecting with all my guests, and I'm looking forward to meeting many more in the future. But also, of course, my Goalie Hacks community members, all of the goalies and parents and goalie coaches and coaches that tune in around the globe every single week. You know, you guys are truly the ones who make this program special, and, uh, you know, we're showing up for every week. So I can't tell you how humbled I am and uh, truly blown away by the amazing feedback I've, I've received the last 12 months of, of, you know, people making that jump to the next level using the information provided on this free program. Um, and, you know, I always kind of envisioned Goalie Hacks to, to be something uh, so much bigger than myself. That's why I never really put my name on the brand. Um, and as you guys know, I'm a grassroots guy. I've been, I've been playing goalie for uh, 23 years now, and I've dedicated my entire life you know, to becoming an elite ice hockey goaltender. Um, if you guys haven't listened to uh, the first episode uh, back at last uh, March, we, we detail everything, all the goals, everything all about myself. Um, and in pursuing my mission, really, uh, that's what the show's been about, of trying to give back, you know, to the game that has given so much to me in my life. You know, I wanted to create a platform that had the largest impact possible on the goalie community. And I wanted to create something that brought the goalie community together you know, by sharing different views, philosophies, values, um, and, and help the position advance faster, you know, together as a global community as one. And although avoiding our own personal biases can be difficult at times, you know, I've tried to, to be a good example of trying to remove as much ego as we can from the conversation, although tough at times, obviously, um, and really break down those walls and those barriers that, that separate us all, you know, and our opinions to, to come together to find the best solutions that might otherwise currently make us a little uncomfortable, right? So in saying that, I'm just incredibly happy about how much the program has grown, uh, how much success all our Goalie Hacks community members have been having, how much we've been able to bring the goalie community together, how in line we've been with our initial program and company goals, and ultimately, you know, how much value we've been able to provide for the global goalie community since inception. And after 12 months of the show... We have three new monthly all-time high record download breaks in a row coming in this last month at 20 to 2,562 downloads, um, but also over 1,500 podcast subscribers, 25,000 downloads for the show, 52 episodes, and there is no sign of us stopping, ladies and gentlemen. We are hot and we are rolling. So I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to my team and, and all the people that make the production of this show possible every single week. I, I could not do this on my own. There's way too much to do. Um, but especially my audio editor who puts on the audio magic every single week, uh, Jeremy Clubber Lang, who's been an invaluable piece uh, to, to my show's success. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it, man. 
uh, but also everyone who's been a part of this journey so far, you know, whether as a spectator, a listener or contributor to the show, uh, whether you've engaged, liked or shared any of my content or, or reached out to me at all to provide feedback. Um, it's truly a privilege and, and something I don't take lightly at all, you know, to have so many of you goalies out there look up to me, uh, goalie hacks and, and this program for guidance in your journey. So um, I'm looking forward to trying my best to continue to lead you guys to the next level in your journeys to hopefully accomplish significantly more in your careers than, than I have in mine. And my goal since inception has been, uh, you know, to be a beacon of hope and inspire the next generation of goaltenders. And hopefully I've inspired you in your journey over the last 12 months. So um, here's to everyone who's been a part of the fastest growing goaltending community online. And here's to another 52 more weeks of next level goaltending development. Uh, I love all you guys and I wish you all but, uh, you know, nothing but massive success. And although my schedule has gotten uh, exponentially busier, um, it's been nothing but pure joy seeing you guys out there have fun pursuing your dreams and making that jump to the next level. So there's nothing more important to me than seeing you guys succeed. So as always, if you guys need anything at all or uh, just want to reach out to say hi, you know, don't be shy. I'll, be, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. But with that being said, we have a huge episode today that I've uh, been saving for a while for a 52-week anniversary uh, with the current goalie coach for the NHL's Ottawa Senators and longtime NHL coaching veteran, Pierre Grew. And we dive into exactly what separates the best NHL goalies uh, from just the good, how to break into the NHL, and how to have a long career in the NHL. And also, what exactly young goalies should be doing at home today, uh, uh, wherever you are in your journey, to prepare yourself to eventually make the jump to the NHL one day. And Coach Grew is, is just a great guy who's been around a long time. Uh, and I know you guys are going to love today's episode. So make sure to stick around all the way to the end to catch all the amazing value that we have for you today. But without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you guys are going to love the chat Coach Grew and I had today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show... I have just another absolutely lights out guest with almost 20 years of NHL coaching experience. Pierre Grew, the goalie coach for the NHL's Ottawa Senators, and over his near 20-year career coaching at the highest levels of hockey, Coach Grew has had an opportunity to work with Team Canada, the Florida Panthers, the Montreal Canadiens, the San Antonio Rampage, and Portland Pirates at the AHL level, with EHC Munkin, where he spent one year in the Dell, the top German pro league, and of course, as of recently, the Ottawa Senators, where he spent his time the last four seasons, just an incredible, incredible amount of coaching uh, uh, goaltenders at the highest levels of hockey. And, and I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to chat some goaltending development. Coach Grew, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. Glad to be on. Doing great. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you. And, uh, you know, a bit of technical difficulties that arise here and there. So I, I, I appreciate you bearing with me but can't tell you how grateful i am to have you on today i appreciate you taking some time and uh shout out to honestly the whole ottawa centers organization and specifically chris schwartz and uh, dom nicoletta for being prior guests on my show and, and helping connect me with uh pierre to have him on today um how have things been going during covid so far with uh with your team and, and your camps and stuff like that in ottawa well, it's been, I mean, obviously it's been a while since March, but, um, yeah. with, with the camp, we, I had to cancel my camp this summer just cause it wasn't, uh, possible to do with, with the restrictions here in Ottawa. Uh, but as far as the team aspect, um, you know what, we tried to make the best of it as far as train, stay in touch with our goalies, 
which were basically all over the world, yeah. uh, mainly in Sweden, Denmark, and uh, you know, US and Canada. So I've uh, been a fan of Zoom and all sorts of things. So <laughs> trying to keep keep up to date that way. Uh, but now it's been nice to finally get back on the ice with them and try to, you know, get ready for an eventual uh, season. Yeah, yeah. Is is sort of uh, you think the January kind of start date's going to hold here, and you guys are going to go in the middle of the month? Yeah, you know what? Um, your guess is as good as mine. I think uh, right now I'm just focusing on uh, working with our guys uh, on the ice, and uh, which has been nice instead of through Zoom. You know, trying to work with them on the ice. And try to get them ready because that's basically all I can do is um, try to prepare them as good as possible for whenever they start. Um, there's other people in the organization that deal with, you know, whenever the start of the season is. So, yeah, um, yeah my job is just to uh, get them ready. And once they know when we start, then they'll uh, they'll let us know. So, yeah. What's uh, what's kind of some of the work, maybe if you don't mind just detailing a bit, the work you do remotely with, with your guys uh, for everybody listening? Well, remotely, like in, um, especially at the start of the summer, or, you know, at the end of the year last year was just trying to stay in touch with, with our goalies in the system. Um, now we have seven uh, with the, we drafted Levy Marilainen from Finland. So just try to catch up with them on Zoom. Um, early on, it was more of, uh, you know, do the work off ice. Don't waste a day as far as, um, you know, not doing doing the work you need to go to get on, uh, off the ice. And yeah. plus it was basically we have time, which we don't usually get to make sure that our body's at 100%. So whatever small injuries uh, they had, they, they had to make sure that they were 100%. Plus uh, with our conditioning coaches trying to make sure that they optimize their strength in areas that they they uh, asserted that were deficiencies. So when they come on the ice, they were uh, ready to go. So that was the first Zoom part. Now uh, with goalies playing like Philip Gustafsson was playing in Sweden and Mark um, Mad Sogard playing in Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, we get games sent uh, or I watch games. And then like tomorrow I have a, a Zoom call with Mads to talk about his recent games and just uh, some te- technical issues we can work on and just to, you know, do do some remote coaching, uh, if you will, uh, to try and uh, keep them uh, developing the way they should. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you guys uh, the best of luck as you you get real ready to roll into the season and and with everything going on. Um, but obviously, we got a lot to go over. I kind of want to jump right in here. Maybe you can just briefly, you know, start off by sharing a bit of your story and how we we got to where we are today. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it started. Uh, Played junior hockey in the Ottawa area, and then um, wasn't good enough to make it. I had a, you know, pro tryout in you know the, the minor leagues in the states, and uh, that quickly um, I saw that I wasn't going anywhere as far as a, uh, as a goaltender in pro hockey. So I sco- started coaching a tier two team here uh, called the Cumberland Grads, and the league now is called the CCHL in tier two hockey. Mm-hmm. And then um, enjoyed that. I was basically defense coach and goalie coach. And then uh, got a chance to, to start uh, part-time early on uh, to do video with the with the Sens, actually back, back in 2000. Yeah. Um, so, which turned on to um, a full-time role. And then I was fortunate enough that um, 
you know, a job opened up and uh, Jacques Martin went to Florida Panthers and then he asked me to come uh, work with him. And then that's, um, I quickly said yes, because it's um, a good opportunity to go to Florida and, and start uh, more of my career. But one thought I approached with Jacques is that goaltending is what I love to do. Um, and I, I, you know, approached him and said, that's, I'll go down, but that's what I want to do. And he, he understood where I, I, I was. And he said, you know what, in due time, we'll, we'll get there. But he, um, just part of the coaching staff was, was a great experience, but at, at the same time, it was just, um, goaltending is what I love as, as far as video it was great to do. I think it's a great, uh, intro to especially NHL hockey because you get to watch, uh, you know, you get to know the game a lot better, but also in what I love to do is just, I just um, watch goalies a lot more and just watch their tendencies and watch morning skates and watch games and watch videos. So, you know, I basically 24 seven, I was just watching, you know, I had to do the, my responsibilities as far as the team, you know, aspects of coaching, but I spent more time uh, than, than I, uh, when I could watching goaltenders and to try to to see what the pros were doing and then at, at the start obviously doing video I was not on the ice uh, way back then but then you know just watching practice watch, just watching what the goalies were doing and then Patrick Lalim who was our goaltender back then uh, he was a great influence in just getting to know the professional game and just talking hockey with him uh, mm. was a just a, a great um, starter for me because I got to basically be in his head and see what he's thinking on certain plays. And then whenever there was, because back then the goal coaches were just around basically, um, you know, a week or two a month. So they weren't there that often. So I got to talk to Patty a lot about the games and the goals and the saves and whatnot and other goalies in the league. And so uh, it gave me a great opportunity to just to pick his brain and, and try to get better that way. And then once I got to Florida, that was the opportunity I had to um, to take over the goaltending coach coaching role full time, and uh, that was a tremendous opportunity um, given to me. And I, I thought, well, I'm, if I'm given this opportunity, then I, I might as well run with it. And then that's mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I get got to work with a lot of great goalies. And then obviously from Montreal, from Florida, I went to Montreal. Uh, you know, being a Canadian kid, it's always fun to work with for Canadian teams. Yeah. Montreal is such a you know a mecca of hockey that it's it was a thrill to work for them, um, and then as as we are in in coaching in the NHL, you're hired to be fired sometimes. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, after Montreal, um, had interviews, but nothing came about. And then uh, Pierre Paget, who was with uh, Munich Red Bulls, uh, gave me a call and said he'd love for me to come over. And I thought that was a great opportunity for me to learn the European game. And just try to get a different uh, outlook on things. Um, yeah. So that lasted a year, and that was um, a great adventure. Uh, but having twin boys of they were three years old at the time, uh, it was tough to be apart um, from the families because I was traveling back and forth. Yeah. So then um, I actually took a step away. I was stepping away from hockey. Got my real estate license because it was just uh, more. Uh, workable for the family. Um, yeah, very and, nice. Uh, Robbie Tallis from the Panthers called, uh, who actually took over when I left Florida, and he was still there. And then they did, 
they needed somebody uh, in the minors in San Antonio, uh, which was again it was uh, it was a great opportunity to get back in pro hockey in North America, and it gave me a chance to work with Rob Taos, who were good friends, and to just uh, work with the goalies in the system, in the Panthers system. Um, and then that role developed. It was just a you know is pretty much well it's pretty much part time because um it was, it was a late commitment but then the next year moved into full time role doing develop goalie development with the panthers but the team moved to portland um so then um uh, from there i got an opportunity when um Guy Boucher came to ottawa and my prior relationship with craig anderson um from the panthers uh yeah right gave me a chance to interview with with ottawa and now we're Heading into year five with Ottawa, and it's um, growing up in Ottawa. It's always, uh, you know, it's always nice to be at home uh, yeah. working with the hometown team. And um, it's, you know, what I hopefully can be here for a lot of years to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you guys uh, plenty of success there. Uh, I want to. We're going to go through kind of all the all the different parts of your career and um, the things you learned there. But I kind of want to just start off with. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you were you were doing the video review. So maybe you can just give some insight into you know into video review for goaltenders. What does a typical session, you know, sort of look like, and and what exactly you're looking for when you're watching a film? Yeah, and I, as we talked, like doing the video early on in my career gave me a chance to really. Uh, get up to date with the computer system and the video system. So uh, when I got to goaltending coaching, it, it became easier. But a regular day, basically, um, you know, we'll, I'll do a pre-scout for the goaltenders as far as the opposition we're playing that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go through, you know, forechecking tendencies, uh, rush tendencies, in-zone tendencies, uh, and obviously PK, which is, you know, their uh, or their power play tendencies, I should say. And then, um, you know, if, and then it finishes off with any special things we need to know about their top players or certain players. Like if this guy's a pass first mentality player, if this guy's a shoot first, or this guy likes to go high glove most times or, um, you know, five hole or whatnot. And with analytics over the years, it's that has become a lot easier instead of just going through tons of video. Then with analytics, you can find out where most of the guys are shooting. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the morning of a game. Then we, the day before, we'll probably do a couple of drills on the ice uh, from that video, which the goalies haven't seen at that point, but we're just working towards getting ready for the opposition, we're, the team we're going to face. And then uh, for, uh, the game day, we try to make sure that it's fresh in their minds. And then, um, you know, obviously I have to do pre-scouts on the opposition goaltenders, which the team sees. But uh, as far as yeah. our goaltenders are concerned, um, the next day, uh, we'll sit down and I'll have broken down, you know, I'll, I'll go through a game and I'll probably myself will mark about 75 clips of the goalie, but then I'll probably present, I'd like to go between 20 and 25. And sometimes I'll go a little above 25, but just try to really make sure that we hit, you know, the areas we need to, to talk about. And sometimes in a game, there's a certain area that, uh, a t- technical aspect we've been working on that we want to watch um, and, and work on. So we'll we'll every post game after uh, every, every day uh, after a game we we will go through video and make sure that I'm not you know boring the goalie, but also making sure that I I'm showing the stuff that is important uh, as far as details we've been working on. 
And that's why I like to limit to 20 to 25 clips because uh, sometimes we can um, handcuff ourselves with too much video and just, you know, get yeah. too uh, robotic at times. Yeah. And I guess what's some advice for, for everybody listening in terms of, you know, um, watching the video and then applying what you sort of learn. I, I really liked how you said that, you know, you basically watch a, a video on the opposition and then you create a drill that reflects that same type of play that you're likely going to see when you play them. But I guess for everybody else listening, what's some advice where they can really take that video and apply it to on the ice? What's some advice uh, in terms of that? Well, to me, the, the important factor that, and a lot of times it's, you know, either a rush entry or a power place uh, thing they like to do. And to me, it's important to replicate that, not the exact play, but um, because it's important for a young goaltender to basically be able to recognize, okay, well, if they carry the puck, let's say to the blocker side dot, they're looking to hit that guy at, you know, short side top circle or far side top circle or whatnot. Right. Uh, so you basically, you can replicate that move in, in practice. And by the time game time comes around, that move becomes basically second nature to you because you've practiced, so, you know, uh, maybe 10 to 12 times in, in practice or whatever it is. But what, what that does is that it, it allows the goalie just to react to pucks and not overthink on the ice. And, um, I always say, you know, once you get on the ice in a game, you just, just let yourself play, just let yourself play and read the game. Um, the thinking is done with, you just gotta be, be able to react. Cause as soon as you think too much on the ice, then you just, you get in your brain, which is, which is not good. Um, you know, let the thinking get out of the game and just react. So if you're positionally good, so if you've done that, that certain and it might just not be one play, it might be two or three plays. But if you've done that play uh, repetition in practice, then it's just going to be an automatic push and your, your feet are going to be set and, and whatnot. And you're going to, you know, be ready. And it, not nothing's set in stone. Like it, it's not like they're going to repeat that exact play. Uh, but, and we might defend it better than the opposition, the other team did that played against them. But as far as, to me, it's, it's important to, for a goalie to have good repetition and have a good mindset going to the game where um, being ready for that certain player, that certain one, two, or three plays, uh, in your mind, you just let let yourself react to the puck and, and know that, okay, that's coming. I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, why don't, we, why don't we dive a bit into sort of your personal coaching philosophy um, you know, what are some of the major areas you focus on with your goaltenders or, or you know, pillars that, that surround your coaching philosophy and uh, why do you believe in these concepts so much? Well, to me, like I'm like, uh, to, the important thing for me and my goal is, is to work as a partnership because, um, I'm not the one on the ice, uh, stopping the hundred mile an hour shots. I'm upstairs in the press box. So yeah. it's important to me that for them to have the trust factor between the two of us. Um, and trust that I'm getting them ready in the right way uh, with the right drills and the right mindset in mind. So to me, the, the first basic principle I use is, you know, a, a free mind. They, they got to be able to have a free mind on the ice. They can't be, oh, what's Pierre thinking up there about that save? No, it's we'll do the, the corrections after. So pretty much the first first step is uh, having a free mind having a loose, um, loose mentality on the ice where you're just able to react. And the second one to me is 
like we all talk about, you know, having eyes on the puck and that's the eyes are dictating everything you do on, on the ice. They'll right. dictate what type of, type of save you make. They'll dictate how you're going to move. But before the eyes, if, if your base is all over the place, if, if your feet aren't set, if you're drifting forwards or backwards or even gliding sideways and your, your feet are always in motion, then you're not going to be able to make a proper save. So to me, it's it's not having a goalie that's basically set in cement. It's but what I'd rather have is is a goalie that's being um, able to move off his base. So we want to have a nice base, a nice comfortable base that we trust. And then from there, obviously, you work in the eyes, and then the hands are an integral integral part of your 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 body. So if your hands are too far back. Uh, and I'm a big believer in the glove position. Like you got to have your gloves got to be, you know, good position where you see your glove out of your stance uh, from the side of, of your eyes. And you got to be able to, to react to the puck. If your gloves are too far back, then what's going to happen is that your hips are going to go away from the puck and your eyes are going to wave it. So you're going to be basically your, your body's going to work in is, is not going to be uh, it's going to be disjointed. It's going to work. All your body parts are going to work apart from each other. So to me, the, the good base works into your good eyes and works into your gloves. Once the shot is made, then your body's moving to that shot, wherever that may be. And it's not, you're not over sliding or over moving. You're just a slight shift to the puck. And it, it basically t- goes down to basically your hips. You want your hips to go towards that puck. So um, it's all a, basically everything works in together. I want the body to, to work together to make the save. So it comes right from the, you know, we talk about the free mind to the nice set base and then everything works in together to move into uh, making some saves. Yeah. I, I like how you, I mean, great philosophy. It's very well connected. Um, but in terms of your feet, you're saying you need to be set. You need to have a good base. You need to be able to get your feet set. I actually had a uh, uh, another NHL goalie coach, Andrew Allen, on the show, and he he said the same thing. He said that you need to get your feet set. So for you, how do you sort of develop that comfortable base with with your guys, and how do you how do you promote that concept of hey, you need to be set rather than taking ice and and being uh, moving when the shot's being taken? Well, to me, it's just it's repetition, and it's it's obviously through you know you bring the the, the iPad on the ice and you do some video and you show them when you're moving forward towards a puck and sometimes that's going to happen, you, you're not going to be always perfect. You're there. There is going to be some mistakes happening in front of you. So you're sometimes you're, you are going to get caught in between on a, you know, you push too hard or you didn't push hard enough. But to me, it's, it's understanding that if I'd like to get to my top of the crease, uh, absolutely. Sometimes like, you know, off a post push, you want to get to the top of the crease, but because there is traffic or there is something happening, you're not able to, well, you got to, you know, about a foot from the top of the crease. Well, mm. okay, that that's what you got. That's fine. Don't try and, you know, try to compound one mistake with another. I'm not saying not being set to the top of the crease is a mistake, but yeah. that's not your ideal position. But now if you try to move forward towards that, that release, uh, I didn't study, study physics, but I understand that if an object's going forward and an object is coming at you, it's going to be very hard to make the save. So... Mm-hmm having a controlled body and it's getting the goalie to understand that the feet are everything in your stance. And you're, if you trust your edges, you're going to go a lot farther in making good saves, controlled saves and controlled rebounds. Uh, because I've seen too many times when a goalie is moving forward, 
then the players are so good, especially at the NHL level, they see you moving forward. They're going to take one step to the side. Then all of a sudden you're, you've lost your crease. You lost your work zone. So to me, it's important to really uh, in practice, repeat, 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 repeat with traffic, repeat with no traffic and understand that if I make this save, now I'm able to activate the rest of my body um, to, to, to make a save. So it's just working from the ground up um, and, and making sure that they trust it. And it takes time because I, I remember I had a goalie in, when I was with Montreal in, in Hamilton. He was a very active goaltender. He's like, well, I got to push for that. I got to be ready for that rebound. Mm. And my simple said thought to him, well, what if you don't give a re- – what if you control the shot? there'll be no rebound. And what if you can control the puck better to an area where you have less worry? So, because he was popping every rebound right to the slot because he was over moving Mm. and it took him a couple of probably a week or two to understand, but it's just by the end, he understood that I'm not trying to take away your athleticism on anything, but Mm. if you're set and controlled on the initial shot, then your athleticism and uh, lateral mobility will kick in on rebounds and and uh, and ideas like that. It's just having an understanding that my quiet base will allow me to have more flow in my game after. And it's not, you know, we want to be athletic, we want to be quick laterally, but if you can make a solid original save, then a lot of times you're going to get yourself out of trouble uh, instead of over moving. Yeah, and then you also mentioned uh, you're a big fan of sort of projecting the hands and, and having hand position. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that as well. I, I, I kind of cling to the idea of like box control and this idea if you can uh, – for me, it's, it's more about coverage. But for you, you're saying it's, it's from a tracking standpoint. It's way easier to make cleaner saves when your hands are in front of you. So why don't you dive into that a bit while you think that? Yeah, like I, I agree with you. Like uh, I mean, it's it's box control. It, it's basically taking as much ice as as you can, like uh, as much net as you can, I should say. Um, yeah. And having the hands in front of you, basically, I want I want to use every part of my body. So I want to trust my elbows. My elbows are are part of. I I love when goalies. You know, we don't love that six seven hole shot that goes in, but I love a goalie that trusts his elbows. And sometimes he he smothers that that puck between his his elbow and his body because he's there. But to me, if we're impatient with our gloves and coming inside too quick, we're making ourselves smaller and we're not allowing ourselves to be as big as we can. So it's just a matter of, you know, having the gloves in not an uncomfortable position where you're, you're opening up holes, but um, trusting your elbows that your elbows are going to make the saves inside and basically having the hands at your side to make yourself look bigger to the, the shooter and make yourself look, uh, you know, look look as big as you can yeah. and then react from there. And I don't want the hands to be locked in a certain position. Absolutely not. I want to be able to react, but I got to have some trust in my elbows. So basically um, every part of my body is utilized to make the save. And I, plus when a shooter gets his head up, now he's got a lot less room and he, you know, there's less holes to for the puck to go in. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally you, you mentioned the eyes, um, you know, is that just strictly sort of from a, a, pr- a puck trajectory standpoint? Is that leveling your eyes with the sort of the plane of the trajectory to the puck? Like maybe you can just break down that concept a little more, the details that you focus on when you're talking about eyes. Yeah, well, to me, it's obviously it starts with the eyes start with a zone scan. You got to be able to, to see what's coming at you. And even if the puck is behind the net, you got to you got to be able to see where the danger 
uh, player is because, you know, we if the puck is behind the net, the guy should not score from there. You got to know, okay, what's his option? So that, to me, the first thing about the eyes is, is directing yourself, okay, understanding what's coming at you or understanding where the, the danger area is or the danger player is. So that mm-hmm. that's step number one. But then the second part of the eyes is track the puck. Um, you know, we, we all talked about head trajectory and, and tracking down towards the puck uh, and the level I feel that that's absolutely what it is. But to me, it's just, it's tracking into your body and tracking out of your body. So if the, if you give up a rebound, your eyes are tracking that puck at every single instance. So you're able to, to read and react to the rebounds. And it's, it's a, you're giving yourself that split second, uh, ability to make that save because your eyes are telling you what you need to do. So to me, when your eyes are activated into, let's say making a glove save while you're tracking right into your, your, uh, your glove and then basically your chest and everything and, and even your blocker side shoulder, because your, your eyes are driving you to that glove save is everything's driving you into that save and not right. away from that save. Mm. Yeah, well, but before we we dive into your NHL experience, um, I want to just go through your time in the AHL and and the DEL over in Germany. Uh, you know, both those leagues are considered second tier to the NHL. Double A pro hockey, just a step down. Yeah. But where do you kind of see goalies typically struggle the most, uh, trying to make that jump to to double A pro hockey before the NHL? Uh, I think it's just understanding that uh, once you get to the NHL, that you know, there's, there's four lines of players and there's, you know, uh, six defensemen and most of those guys, 99% of those guys can shoot a puck. Uh, yeah. A fourth line player uh, at the NHL level can fire the puck uh, as good as, and sometimes as the four, first line players is just, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, they are a fourth line player, but they've made it to this level and they can shoot the puck. So to me, it's at that level, understanding that, uh, controlled position that's so important and you give those guys an inch and they'll take it and I think at, at the minor league level is um, guys got away with things at the let's say major junior or college level uh, because they were that's more that much more talented than everybody else but at, right. once you get to the NHL level all guys are are equal basically in, in minus yeah you got superstars absolutely like, there's no question about that but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that uh, the majority of guys can can shoot the puck very, very well. So what I'm saying is that the guys that I see coming from the minors, um, they make themselves smaller because they've gotten away with it. They make themselves uh, over sliding because they, they got away with it with their quickness in the minors. So it's just, it's understanding that, and that's what we talk about our goalies in the American League. It's, it's I, I don't want you to prepare uh, I don't want you to play to be an American League player. I want you to prepare and play like an NHL goalie because mm-hmm. you got to do every habit to the most utmost of your abilities to make sure that once you get to the NHL level, then y- you're ready for that. So it's basically using your eyes to get that half second quicker on lateral plays, setting our feet so we get that half second quicker to react to pucks. Um, and to me, it boils down to control. The people, the, the goalies in, in the American League or the, the lower levels, uh, they struggle with control and the control in their body, control in their eyes, control in their gloves. So it's it boils down to that simple word is control. Um, you know, understanding that that control 
either in your base, in your gloves or in your eyes uh, is something that is, is utmost importance, importance in the NHL. Yeah. And I guess for goalies that, you know, seem to transition well to pro hockey, you know, much more smoothly, what are some, what are some of those common underlying themes there? You know, you see in rookies at at the minor level that typically uh, eventually end up in the NHL and find success. I think like as much as I talk about control, I think the mindset is so important uh, because you can't go into a game scared. You're going to make a mistake or scared. You're going to let a goal in or whichever. You just got to play the game. And I mean, we've got coaches at all levels, goalie coaches, especially at all levels now that, you know, we're, you know, we're helping you out. So the most important thing is to go into a game and trust, trust yourself, trust yourself that all the work you've done in practice will lead to good habits in a game. And if you have good habits in a game and it shows that the goalies that have good habits from college or junior to the American league or to the East coast, to the American league, uh, those good habits will show up in practice and in games in the NHL. So you see young goalies that, that do have success in the NHL. It's just, I think their habits are so good. And it mm-hmm. just goes from what we talked about technically with, with you know, uh, the base and the hands, the eyes and the free mind. But that's, to me, the the mindset is so good. They, they come into a game and just allow themselves to make saves and allow themselves to be the best version of themselves in practice and in games. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for kids at home looking to make that transition to, to the pro level one day, uh, what's a skill or a drill that they could do to start developing or working on? Um, uh, the skill that you're going to recommend to help them transition, you know, much more smoothly to pro hockey when they get there. I think um, a skill, you know what, like footwork is, we joked around that, you know, the go way back when I, for, when I played is the, the worst skater was the goalie. Uh, so they just put him in net. So it's just, you know what, the, you don't need to move that much, which is the complete opposite good skaters and when we when we draft goalies when we look at goalies for the draft i want i need a goalie that needs to be able to move so it doesn't matter the size if he's six foot nine or five foot nine if the goalie can move then you know we're going the right way so if a goalie's like a young goalie um you know a 10 11 12 year old goaltender uh wants to work at his craft work on your footwork the footwork is so important because once your edges are under control then the rest of your body are, are is under control. And obviously, you, you know, you got to be able to, you know, stop pucks and just, you know, move prop, uh, move your hands and, and eyes properly and track the puck. But the first thing that is imperative, and that's one thing we do when I have my camp in the summer, is that the first day is basically just movements. You got to be right. able to move as a goaltender. And I know it's boring and I know it's it hurts sometimes because your legs get, you know, overworked and stuff like that and your back hurts or whatever it is. And it's not... You want to stop pucks, but if you cannot move, you cannot stop pucks. So maybe if for young goaltenders, keep working on your footwork. And I know sometimes it's difficult, but a lot of times your your coaches are working on a forechecking drill or a neutral zone forecheck drill. You know what? If you get two minutes to work on your footwork on crease movements, don't just stand there and look up at the, the clock and hoping the practice can be over. Um, if you have two or three minutes, do a crease movement. And I mean, any crease movement you can think of in a game, you can replicate in practice and just develop those good habits. So anytime you got time, okay, the coach is talking to the players. I can move around for a minute, minute and a half, just doing good crease work and get good, good edges and just work on post recoveries, work on so, so many multitude of things without even facing a puck 
you can get better with those, 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 doing those little details. Yeah, mobility has just become uh, an enormous part in the NHL, even for all the taller guys now you're seeing. They're just, the mobility has gone through the roof, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like we, you know, people said that like we drafted big goaltenders, uh, like Mad Sogard, we drafted out of Medicine Hat. He's mm-hmm. six foot seven. But the thing with Mads is that um, he's got incredible feet. And one thing I was fortunate about when I went to see him play one game is that I got him to see, I got to see his, I happened to be in the the bowels of the rink and got him to see uh, his foot mobility in, in, in his warm up, And I was mm-hmm. just surprised how good he moved. So to me, uh, you know, whenever we look at goaltenders, we, the mobility is so key. It's, it's just, um, the game is so quick now and guys are so good at the releases. So you got to be able to move to position as quick as you can to, to be in position to make that save. So it's, um, and that's, that's why we like Matt Sogard so much is that he was able to, his feet were so good for a big guy, his yeah. feet were that good. So to me, size, yeah, you know, a bigger goalie takes more room, but a bigger goaltender also has more room, like more body to move to the puck. Yeah. So uh, having goalie that, that can move is, is so important. And it's such a tool that um, some guys forget, you know, when you're doing your warm up before the game, your feet are not just your, you know, hamstrings or hips or groins or whatever, whatever need to warm up. Your feet have to warm up and your feet have to be able to, to be quick and help you on the ice. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, now diving into your, your long tenure as an NHL goalie coach, uh, first off with the Florida Panthers, but maybe you can just break down some of the great goalies you work with there and, uh, you know, what sort of separates them in terms of their identity from everybody else. Well, I was fortunate when I got to Florida, Roberto Luongo was there. And I think it just like um, he was such a, a joy to, to, to be there with because um, he saw the game. It was easy for him. Um, and it, it was just um, he was a guy that, you know, he's another guy that, you know, a bigger goaltender that um, he uh, that was laterally uh, really moved very well. So it was with Roberto it was just a, a matter of. Uh, seeing how well he moved and how well he saw the play. And then uh, got a fortunate, I was very fortunate to work with Eddie Balfour at the end of his career. Uh, but what amazed very me about cool. Eddie um, is that Eddie was always the first player in and last player out. His work ethic was unparalleled to anybody I've seen. And even at the, I think at that point, he's 40, he was 41 years old. Um, but the work ethic and the attention to detail with his equipment, um, when he first got to Florida, he sharpened his own skates and then he found trust in the equipment manager to sharpen his, you know, sharpen his skates. So, um, but the attention details that he put into um, his body, uh, especially being a 41 year old, like he, he knew that he had to get to the rink early and, and do the work he needed to, to, to be better. So he was there, you know, as much as he could, um, you know, yeah, he was at the end of his career, but it was a nice refresher to see a, a guy that's was so accomplished in his NHL career still put in the work. And then you go to a guy like Thomas Vokun, who Voki was just about work and determined to, and that's that's what he was all his career. Like he was a guy that um, just worked hard to, and on the ice was just a competitor to, to try and make the save. And he wasn't, uh, the perfect technical guy or the perfect, you know, 
Uh, he played a narrow stance when he was right. he was uh, early on in his career, and when when we were in Florida, we widened his stance just a bit to give him more power laterally. Uh, but his understanding of the game and just his compete that his compete was just uh, the thing that that was outstanding to to work with. And then finally, Craig Anderson came in uh, as a young player, and right early on, you saw. Uh, the way Craig can read the game, and he's probably yeah. one of the best goalies at reading the game. Uh, in my mind, he just he could dissect a play. Uh, even the next day, you show him on video. He's like, "Yeah, I saw this guy, and I saw this uh, this other guy coming down the zone, and I and I saw his bottom hand go here or whatnot or do this." So he read a high shot, and a lot of times Craig would make saves standing up, and people would would um, you know critique him for staying up on his feet to make the save. But at the time, he's like, well, the shot was coming high. Well, how would you know? Well, he says, I just I just knew it. I just read it. So the fact that he can make saves standing up and even in practice, he do that. And guys would get frustrated. But that's – he read the release and he's like, why am I going to waste energy going down uh, when the shot is coming high? So the, just the way he read the game and he read the release and he knew – like Craig is such a, was such a smart goaltender um, – he had a book on, you know, as every goalie does, but he had a book on every player and basically to tell you that player X shoots high glove or player X shoots high hole. Like he, he'd no go way. in a game. Oh yeah. He, he would go into a game and understand, you know, the, especially the top guys that he, yeah, he yeah. knew a lot, you know, he'd tell you, Hey, this guy, I understand this guy likes to go high glove. And I, you know, the cautious tale there is that, yeah, I understand that he does that nine times out of ten, but that one time that he shoots low blocker, you got to be ready for that. So he understood that, but he he was ready that way, and he could read uh, the game so well, which was very impressive. Yeah, and then you also spent uh, four seasons with the Canadians, starting back in 2010, and you obviously got to work with Carey Price uh, during your time there. So maybe you can break him down a bit, as well as some other prominent goaltenders that you had the 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 opportunity to work with there as well. You know what I, I yeah I got to Montreal when when Kerry was you know I think second year year in his NHL career or third, and um, the thing with Kerry is that he's exceptional at everything. Um, yeah, he's a goalie that basically um, does everything well, and I think um, I it was a privilege to work with Kerry, uh, and he made me like as as every uh, goaltender does. But he pushed, like, he made me a better goalie coach because he was so smart and so good at everything he did. It was just to find drills to basically um, try to push him in some direction and try to, to make sure that, you know, he was challenged um, because everything came easy. And, yeah, there was some, you know, he had some work to do and, and, and he got better as, you know, as he went on. Um, but it was a privilege with him because everything he did uh, on and off the ice, especially on the ice, his technique and everything, you know, he, he's a guy that would look at a certain play. Uh, you know, um, back then, uh, the reverse was not in play yet. Nobody did the reverse. And then all of a sudden, you know, one guy did the reverse and, and Kerry would say, well, I want to do that. And then within a few days, he had perfected it. And it just that that's how good uh, Kerry is and it just it, it was a pr uh, privilege to work with him and then the other goalie that was fun to work with in Montreal well there's you know Yaroslav Alak was that year that he he took mm. over the number one role for Kerry and then um, you know took us all the way to the uh, 
Stanley Cup semifinals. Yarrow was just, you know, he's a, he's not a big guy. He's not a, you know, you look at him, you, he's not, doesn't like, he's not the biggest guy out there. So you think, how can this guy uh, be a good goaltender, but is patient in the net. Like he was just right, so right. patient and uh, he just, you know, worked his way to uh, being a solid positional goaltender that was able to read and react to plays. So he, he was a guy that, um, it was a positional first goaltender uh, that made sure that he knew he wasn't the biggest guy. So his position was on par. And whenever we did drills, that's the thing that impressed me about Yarrow is that he was always, um, you know, position first. And then he mm-hmm. obviously every goalie competes. I don't need to say that they, they compete, but um, you know, from the position positional first, then he, uh, he competed. And then, and Peter Budai uh, was there my, my last couple of years. Um, he was, Peter was just a workhorse. Like, uh, you had to pry him off, uh, out of the gym and then you had pry him off, off the ice. So to him, uh, Peter's work ethic, uh, was just exceptional and just such a good person that, um, that was, was fun to work with. And it just, uh, it was exceptional. And obviously I'm forgetting some guys. Like I I just remember now, like Jamie McClellan in Florida was just, you know, happy-go-lucky guy. And then Alex Aldad in Florida and in Montreal, just mm-hmm. a super nice person. So, like, there's, you're, you know, I'm talking about a few guys, but there's tons of guys in those two teams that were fun to work with. Yeah. yeah. And then what about Ottawa? You, you know, you're going in your fifth season here. Obviously, Craig Anderson, uh, but maybe uh, detail him a bit. You know, you kind of went into him a bit. Some some yeah. other guys you've been working with that kind of stand out. Well, Craig, the, yeah, um, I've had, I had the privilege to work with Craig in Florida and back in Ottawa. And that's the thing with him is that, you know, you, you create that bond, you create that relationship that, um, you know, uh, he's probably the last gold under that I'll be close in age because he's only a couple of years older than me. Now everybody's way younger than me, which is odd. But it's coming in, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with Craig, again, it's just the way he reads the game and just, um, we understood each other um, so well that, uh, you know, I just say something, a certain word and he, he'd, he'd get what I'm saying. And then uh, I knew when, you know, he wasn't in a good mood or whichever, that's just, we became very close, but um, you know, it, it was uh, again, very fortunate to work with him. Um, but the read, the way he reads the game, I mean, uh, you know, whenever you can hear Craig describe a play, listen, because it's just incredible the way he sees the game. Um, early on, we had guys like, uh, you know, Andrew Hammond, Chris Dreger, uh, and Mike Condon early on. And Hammy was just, he, again, he was a lot like Yaroslav Alak, where he was a positional goaltender and just uh, competed for pucks. Um, and then you get to a guy like Mike Condon, uh, who, you know, had a great start to his career in Montreal. We had to take over for Price and then came to us from Pittsburgh because... Uh, Craig had to be away with with his wife Nicole for his, her cancer treatment, and Andrew yeah. Hammond got hurt. And the thing with Mike is that Mike is um, his technical skills are often underlooked because he's the way. And when when Mike tries to be too technical, then that's when he struggled. When but when he competed and just played the game and just competed for pucks, he was at his best. And then that's when his technical aspect took over. He was he is. Uh, you know, underwhelming, a good technical goalie. He's, he knows the game. 
and Mike is a very smart individual. Um, you know, obviously having gone to Princeton, you have to be, yeah. be some have a, you know, good education. So yeah. Mike was very uh, understand, very smart understanding of, of the goaltending position. So it was, um, it was great to have him and, you know, unfortunate um, injury that, you know, um, you know, slow, slow down his career, but Mike was just about battling, just battling for every puck. And now you get to, to now where we have guys like Matt Murray and Marcus Hogberg, who uh, Matt, I've, you know, we traded for Matt from Pittsburgh and Matt is just a, a lot, um, a lot like the other guys where he's a workaholic and he just wants to work on the details and he can't get enough about details in his game. So it's just, it's a good way to look at things as far as, you know, it's a good reminder to goalies that no detail is too small to work on. He wants to work on every single detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's obviously it's a it's a young relationship right now with me and Matt, but it's a it's a relationship that's growing quickly and it's growing, um, in I believe in a good way. Uh, we'll yeah. see once we start playing games, but it's Matt is so in tuned. Um, and again, he he reads the game probably as well as Craig. Uh, but the details of his games are, you know, he wants to work on every single detail. And then finally with Marcus Hogberg, he's a guy that, you know, was a late bloomer. Uh, it took time, but last year he, you know, uh, he played more games than we thought he would. And it was a good thing, but he's the type of guy. I remember a clip uh, with Marcus where he had a penalty shot against Claude Giroux and followed him all the way to the uh, glove, uh, glove side dead angle and all of a sudden, last second went paddle down, and then we talked about that. That you know, you give a guy like that an inch, he'll take it. And then the very next game, I forget against who, but um, he had the same exact breakaway. Led the guy to the bad angle and just stayed with him. Did not give him an inch, and then all of a sudden, the puck ended it right into his belly. And then Marcus laughed as soon as I came to the room after the game. He laughed and says, "See, I I I did it right." And it is somewhat broken English from Sweden, like he. He understood exactly what he needed to do. So the, the thing with Marcus is that Marcus um, is a big guy that has great automobility, but he's he wants to learn every single day and he wants to get better. So if we're doing video one day and he wants to correct certain things, he applies himself. And rarely do you see Marcus make the same mistake over and over again because he understands what he needs to do better. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh Love, love all of that. Love going through just kind of really good goaltenders breaking down. Really gives people an idea in terms of some of the underlying themes of like what makes these guys so successful at the NHL level. Uh, a big one that kind of came up is is really that attention to detail, right? And, you know, you talk about at the American League level, at the NHL level, the margin of error is just so slim where a lot of these younger guys get away with in college and a major junior and stuff like that. But maybe you can just kind of enlighten everybody in the audience in terms of like, really how much attention to detail that you need, right? Because like you said, you give you give guys an inch and, and at that lo- that those levels, it's like a mile, right? So the, the issue lies where I talk to a lot of kids and I'm like, hey, we need to refine this a little bit more. We need to refine this a little bit more. So maybe you can kind of just detail really what it takes, that attention to detail. Every year of your career, you're constantly trying to grow and become an elite goaltender. You need to be in pursuit of those details, right? Yeah, and I think like uh, when... You know, whenever a goalie comes in town from off season or, you know, like I give you an example with Matt Murray, like 
when he came from another organization. I, you know, you scour through videos and you scour through analytics and you scour through, get as much info as possible. But to me, the important thing as a goalie coach is to have a plan. And yeah. like you have a plan of, okay, this week we're working on post play, this week we're working on screens and tips or whichever. Like, but you got to be able to work on, I, I'm not a big believer on, overworking one aspect of the game because then that aspect becomes almost stagnant and it just becomes overworked. So to me, it's important every day to bring a, you know, obviously if you struggle in one area, you got to, you know, do more repetition of that certain area. But I think it's important that going to um, a week, I like to go through the plan lesson plan with the goalie. Okay. Today we're going to do this tomorrow. We're going to do that Wednesday. We're going to do that Thursday. We're going to do that and Friday. So, we can, especially now in, in the off season where we're trying, we're waiting to get ready for the NHL season to start. That's to me, time is, is, is great because we have extra time and we can plan, you know, an aspect of the game every single day. And you, you, you have to be able, you can't just go down and reverse every time the pucks on your, your gloves up post. You got to be able to overlap. You got to be able to, you know, just go one knee down. You got to be able to stay on your feet. So it's just, Every every aspect of the game is so important to work and to make sure that you you repeat the right things and repeat uh, the minor details. Um, so, like I said back back a few minutes ago, is that you know you have that two minutes or that three minutes because the coach is talking about forecheck or whatnot, and you're not disrespecting dis- disrespecting everybody by moving. You have that chance to work on those smaller details that it's so important just to repeat, and it's. It's to me, it's very important. Not like whenever you're doing a, you know, let's say a bad angle drill, don't always go down to into your verse. Try the overlap, try the one knee down because every situation in every game is different. So it's important to, to work on every aspect and not just basically beat down one aspect so much that it becomes, uh, like I said, stagnant. It just becomes, oh, I'm tired of doing that. You, you can't every aspect every game is different and every um you know every shot in the game is different could it be the same guy coming down the same angle uh taking the same shot but for all of a sudden like you know he didn't get as much wood on it or he got pressured by the d so um you know it, it it's important to uh to be able to be uh to make a different save any different time that's why it's important to work on every single detail you can and you you know what most minor hockey goalies have about 50 minutes to an hour of practice or an hour and a half whatever it is you know what um yeah absolutely work on puck handling if you want work on this but to me if you can work on your movement work on your post work work on this when you have that time and you know to me it bugs me when i see uh, goalies, especially minor hockey practices, just leaning on their posts just because the co- the coach is talking about forecheck and they don't have to do anything. You know, they're, to me, that it's wasted time on the ice because you get so many, uh, so limited amount of practice that you got to utilize every second you can. Yeah. And then, and then reading the play was obviously a huge one at the next level. Um, you know, developing those cues, developing that ante- anticipation is just enormous. So how is that? How do you kind of, you know, your NHL guys, how do you work with them on that? Or, but even your young guys at your camps, like how do you work to sort of develop that, that hockey IQ and reading the play? Well, I think it's just like, I think you, you start by doing simple, you know, warm up drills off the ice, um, warming up your eyes as far as, 
you know, whether it be tennis ball drills or now there's so much, so much technology with the touchboard screens where you can uh, quicken your eyes. That's yeah. the first thing. I think you, you got to work your eyes off the ice and you got to, whether it be tennis ball drills or those quick, quick reaction drills with, with video screens or, or whatnot, you got to work on those. And then once you get on the ice, I, we always warm up. We do a, you know, a crease movement. Then we get into the, you know, eyes, hands, um, tracking, you know, just simple glove shots, blocker shots. So just get your eyes activated. And then the way to work on basically reading the release is watch the player's hands. And you don't want to caught, be caught too much watching the hands because, you know, yeah. um, that's important. But watch the, the position of the hands and, and see. And sometimes in practice, like if you have time, just watch the hands, see how they work. And then from that, you see where the shot is going. So especially for a young goaltender, um, you know, sometimes just – instead of watching the puck, watch the hands and, and see where the puck goes. And, you know, obviously try to make the save and you might let in a couple goals that you might usually stop, but it's just watching the hands and watching how the bottom hand works and how the top hand works and especially the bottom hand, how it works to with the stick blade. And, you know, you go down to the stick blade and see how the stick blade is reacting. So it's just, just those little cues, just, you know, do stuff that you don't normally do and try to read read the hands and read the stick blade and read the body. And a lot of times it's, you know, especially younger players will have their eyes fixated on where they want to shoot. So now their eyes are telling your eyes where the puck is going. So it's, it's important just to find out those little cues that can help you as a goaltender. Yeah. And then uh, kind of the, the last big idea that came up there was uh, this idea of compete level Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and just, just kind of from, uh, you know, looking in from the outside and, and having played pro hockey myself, you know, it, it just seems like the, the great goalies out there, the ones that are willing to fill that gap on any given night and compete and find ways to win games. Um, how important would you say that is to de- developing that skill, developing the skill of finding ways to win games? You know, how, how important do you think it is to develop that for the next level? Well, I think it's, it's imperative because you can be the tech, the best tactical goalie out there. You can be going to every goalie clinic that you can, every seeing every goalie coach you can, and being very, very good technically. But if you're just so worried about technique, um, then, you know, you won't be able to make uh, the saves. And as we talked about, mistakes happening in front of you, a puck will hit a shin pads, and you'll, ha- you'll have to get out your technique to make a save. So with my goaltenders, it's, it's basically I'm trying to build a base on the initial shot, and obviously we're working on recoveries and, you know, how to place your body on recoveries. But uh, when I'm scouting a goalie or working with our goalies, compete for the puck. Like if if you make that initial save and you let a rebound and it hits three shin pads on the way and goes to the blocker side, you're just not looking at the puck and be like, ah, crap, I, you know, I'm not making that save. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you, you see those TSN the highlights of, of the night where, you know, it, a goalie drives across and makes incredible paddle saves just because, um, he made that extra effort and coaches and scouts and GMs always recognize that extra effort from goaltenders where, you know, they can see a pretty goalie. And what I mean by a pretty goalie is a goalie that moves well. He's just, he looks good. He, he's technically good. He moves well, but the goalies that impress everybody is the goalie that can compete that go that extra mile for compete and, and basically make that impossible save. And I'm not saying that, you know, every save is impossible to make or every rebound save is there's not a proper recovery to be made, but 
that compete goes a long way because then the players in front of you will see you competing. And in practice, to me, is even more important to compete in practice than in games because then once you compete, you know, you get the compete level up in practice, then it becomes easier in games. And what that tells your players is the players in front of you is that you're competing for every puck. You're not giving up on anything. And sometimes it might be dire straight and it might you might need that diving save to to save the game. And who doesn't want to make that diving save late in the game to just conserve the win? So I think for for my for minor hockey goalies is is hey, you know what? Be technically good. We talked about work on details earlier. You have to work on details. But the goalie that is just a good technical goalie is not going to go anywhere. It's the guys that you know, have the all the details in their game. They're good technically. They're, you know, they work at their game. Uh, they have a good mindset, but also the goalie that competes for every puck. So when when it's, you know, last drill of the practice and the coach wants to play three-on-three cross-ice or or wants to do shootout and you're dog-tired and you can't, you, you can't move a muscle because, you know, you've had a lot of shots or whatever, or you had too much homework and you, you don't feel like, like competing go that extra mile because now you're proving to your team and your coaches that you will compete for every puck. And that's, um, that's, you know, Marcus Hogberg in Ottawa uh, went, you know, went a long way with our players in Ottawa because he competed for every puck and he made some saves where you're just like, there's no way he's making that save. And all of a sudden he gets a toe on it or gets a, a tip or, you know, a glove on it or a stick on it. So um, competing and being, to me, if you're the goaltender on your team, you got to be the most competitive guy. And it's not, you know, you don't want to be a, a bad guy to hang around with, uh, but you just want to make every save. And, you know, they talked about Dominic Kashuk hated to be scored in practice. I don't need a hatred to be scored on, but I want a guy that, that competes and understands that, you know, a puck's going to go in here and there. But it's just if you compete for every puck that you can, you're going to be that much better for it for yourself and, and for your team. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of helping your, your goalies get an edge at finally here, you know, what's probably like the biggest hack you've implemented with your goalies over the years, either like a drill or an exercise or a concept that you notice typically helps goalies excel and find success. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I think uh, to me, the biggest, I guess it's not necessarily a hack, but to me, the biggest thing is trusting yourself yeah. and trusting that, the work you've put in in practice um, will help you in the game. And if you've, you've worked um, as hard as you can in practice on details, on your mindset, on competing on everything, uh, then the trust will factor will go into the game because um, just the other day, we talked to one of my goaltenders that, you know, he just, I just got to trust myself and I know I can make that save. And just the trust and belief in yourself that you you've done the work, um, and it, it's just like taking an exam at school. If you've done the studying, if you've done everything, yep. you'll go into the exam and knowing that, okay, I, I know my stuff. I can trust that I've done my work to, 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 to get a good grade. Mm-hmm. If a goaltender has not put in the work in practice, then there's no way he can trust himself because then he will not uh, you know, have the best chance to, to have a complete game. And it might happen once in a while where you don't put in the work and you pull a game. Right. I, you know, you might be lucky that night, but if you do the work and if you um, do the work on details, listen to your coaches and uh, compete and have a good mindset, uh, I think the, the biggest hack to me would be the trust. Trust yourself that the work you've put in 
will get you to the next level and will get you to make that extra save in a game, will get you more wins, will get you a better save percentage uh, just by trusting yourself that um, that you've done the work and uh, that you, you've gone the extra mile to, to be better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess my, my goalie hack would be trust. Um, trust that the work that you do is going to get you to that next level. Mm. Well, Coach Gru, do you have any last words of advice for, for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? I think, you know what, uh, one thing that I always mention on my camp, um, hockey is a game. Um, it's, it's, it's important to have fun. Like as much as basically what we talked for the last hour is about details and about competing and about, uh, you know, working on a, having a good mindset and trusting yourself, I think uh, let's not forget that this is a game um, and it's a game that uh, we need to be uh, eager to get to the rink and eager to play. And uh, I see too many young goaltenders uh, and parents also uh, put too much pressure on themselves, uh, whether it be at the AAA level, AA level, or even house league. Um, it's a game. And I think as goalies and as parents, we need to understand that um is my my kid working hard? Yes. Is my kid having fun? Yes. And as soon as the game does not become is not fun anymore, I think that's the time to uh, to say, well, that's not for me. Um, so I think uh, the business of a hockey comes in at a later stage, comes into you know at the pro level. Um, and I think too many people are uh, too preoccupied with uh, looking at step C before step a is ever ever done so i think i think uh young goalie uh parents of young goaltenders are looking for him to to be at the nhl at age 10 well um first of all he's too young and that's that's not gonna gonna go there but i think they have to understand that if we make the game fun and if the goalies if the players every player is having fun on the ice um and working hard um obviously you know hard work needs to happen but to me first and foremost is Hockey is a game. Is hockey is a? It's just like any other sport. It's meant if the the, the young goaltenders are having fun on the ice, uh, then they're going to get way more out of it. And to me, if you have fun, then you're 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 a better person for it, and you're you're a better kid for it, and you treat people the right way. And then it just it to me it it, it rolls around to everything. I think uh, it's important to realize that um, it's it's a game, and it's it's meant to. Yeah, we want to win. Everybody wants to win the championship, and everyone, everybody wants to, you know, be the best team. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you create a bond with the twenty-some players that are in the dressing room, and the coaches, and the parents, and every not. And if if everybody goes to the rink with the right mindset, that hey, let's let's have fun, win or lose. Uh, obviously, hopefully, win. But um, in the end, uh, it's important to realize that uh, the business of hockey starts at the pro level. And when it's minor hockey, um, I, I know we want pressure to win, but it's important to realize that it's a game and it's a, it, let's make sure we have fun with it. Yeah. A big line I like to, to share on the, the show now. I, I can't remember where I got it, but it comes up often is, is that hockey is hockey's not about the destination. It's about the journey really. Right. And I think everybody, yeah. everybody forgets about the journey. They're so focused on the destination, the NHL that, they forget about all the amazing experiences that along the way, the people they meet, the the big wins, the overcoming adversity when you're in a big slump. All of those life lessons that you learn along the way are, are truly the the game of hockey is why it's so beautiful. It teaches you so much about yourself and um, really shows you that it, what you're capable of. Uh, what would you think about that line? 
I think that's that's a, that's great. I think that's it is a journey. It is. I mean, the people that I, I mean, I'm still friends with guys I played, you know, uh, U11 hockey with. Like it just it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a bond that you develop, and some friends become great friends. Some guys obviously you don't see, but I think um, you're absolutely right. It is a big time journey, and it's a journey that you need to enjoy. And it's uh, sometimes are tougher than others, but I think you you build bonds with certain people and you build bonds with certain teammates. And yeah, we remember the times we won, but also, um, you know, it's you enjoy the time that you you have with the the people you play with. And you could go through a, a season where you don't win a game, but it was the best season because you 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 made three or four good friends on it. So. And those you need to go through adversity to get better. So those I think we need to 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 relish hockey's a game of mistakes, and we need to understand that those mistakes will make us better in the long run. And I think we learn through adversity, and we get better through adversity. So I think you're you're absolutely right. It it, it is a journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, coach, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you on today. Gr- incredible conversation. Uh, absolutely love just the the inside diving into what it truly takes to, you know, not just make it to the NHL level, but have a long and, and successful career at the highest levels of professional hockey. So can you just let uh, my audience know where they, can, where they can get in touch with you online? Well, um, my, on Twitter, it's uh, PG's goalies. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah, Twitter and uh, Instagram. They can follow it at, uh, at PG's goalies. Um, and yeah, I don't have a website. I just, I think the technology has, uh, for me has gone past website. It just, I think you get so much out of Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, the, uh, the handle is just uh, at PGs goalies, PGS, uh, goalies. And, uh, if anybody, you know, uh, wants to contact me and ask questions by all means, um, you know, uh, Instagram me or, you know, a message through Twitter or whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, at PGs goalies. Okay. Uh, so go check out NHL goalie coach Pierre Grew on uh, on all the platforms that he lists, Instagram, Twitter. All the links will be available in the show notes for people to check out. And he's had a, a ton of success coaching at the NHL level for almost 20 years now. And he's had the opportunity to work with and, and teach some of the best goalies in the world. Maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show if that's something that interests you. Absolutely. Uh, be glad anytime. Well, I'm grateful for you coming on. Good luck as the the season gets underway, Coach. Take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week, I have another globally known goalie coach with plus 15 years of coaching experience at the next level and current director of goaltending development for AC Lugano in the Swiss National League, which is arguably one of the best teams to, to play for in all of Europe. And that guy is Coach Michael Lawrence. And in this conversation, Coach Lawrence dropped tons of uh, new terminology and hacks around what he's been teaching his pros in recent memory and where exactly the game is heading and how you can be ahead of the curve. And Michael is just an incredibly knowledgeable guy. He's been around for a long time. Um, he just gets it. And uh, he did not fail to disappoint. So make sure to tune back next week to catch this next release. You will not want to miss this one. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast and 
just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and, and that includes books, uh, different products, training products, uh, neuro tracker subscriptions. We give away all sorts of things. We pick four people a month. And even if you don't win uh, one month, you're always entered into uh, the, the, future, the future giveaway. So to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.